You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, welcome to episode four of I Can Sing. We are going to talk about Mamma Mia, but first of all, we have a very important thing to talk about because... Dun dun dun. We are joined by our first Joseph. Allow me to introduce second runner up, but did end up doing Joseph. So technically, you know, just a big fat winner. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, Lewis Bradley. Hi, Lewis. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You are my first Joseph. Very exciting. Do you have others lined up? I have a maybe lined up. That's a real deep tease for future episodes for anyone who wants to Ooh. figure out who it is. Looking back on that show, now you're watching Mamma Mia. What are your, how are you feeling about looking back on Joseph? Like, what are your core memories of that time? Is it good times? Is it bad times? How do you feel about that show 17 years later? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I know none of us look old enough to even know that that happened. I wasn't even born. 17 years ago, which is a whole lifetime ago. Uh, and then there's parts of me that's still exactly the same. And then there's other parts of me that's like, ah, oh, funny, it did happen now at the age of 34. Uh, but majority of my feelings that I would say from that was just sure, uh, sheer excitement. And I was fulfilling my dream and my goal. You know, I, I moved to London uh, from the northeast of England at 13 to do that. So I was very tunnel vision of what exactly I wanted to do. And so that I was just ambitious and I had my goal and I was doing it and that was it. So it was just a tick yeah, of yeah, all, yeah. ticked my boxes, you know? So it was, and that, what was the best time, uh, the best way to do it yeah. was by doing that, you know? And you were, what were you 16, 17? I turned 18 the final week. Wow. So throughout the whole competition, which I believe started in uh, February or April, I was 17. Um, and then by June the 5th, which was the final, uh, the week of the finals, I was in Mallorca at Andrew Lloyd Webber's, sorry, Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber's house. Show some respect. <laughs> well, if you get that title, I think it's deserved to be used, isn't it? So, yeah, I was there for my 18th birthday. That is so much pressure at such a young age to suddenly be on, like, national telly, doing something you really want to do, but, like, the stakes are quite high. Hey, you know what, though? It wasn't like today with social media. If you wanted to know what people were thinking or gossiping or trolling about, you had to go into the forums to find out. So I never did. Uh, there was a few little things that came up that could potentially have been in the press or whatever that the BBC spoke to me about. But I have to say the BBC looked after us very well. A gentleman called Michael Canning. Shout out to Michael. He was our Joseph liaison and he made sure everything ran smoothly for us, that we were all well looked after. And I have to say it was a fantastic experience. Is it weird looking back at yourself at the age of 17? I don't have any video of myself at 17 and I'm quite glad, I think. <laughs> I mean, now it's fine. It's taken many, many years to get to this stage, to be able to sit back and watch and think, yeah, go on, Lewis, you know, <laughs> killing it up there, 17, bless you. That's what I, my, I literally have just watched it as a recap for this. So I was just like, that's what my 
thoughts were was, oh, look at me, yeah. Oh, adorable. Good for you. Good for you. That's what I was thinking. Um, but as I say, it's taken many years. We're talking 17 years. There was a time for a long time I couldn't even speak about the fact that I'd been on Any Dream Will Do or the fact that I played Joseph. I just, I was so paranoid about being arrogant because I'd seen some of <laughs> oh. some people turn into that character and I was like, oh, that is so unattractive. That's not me. I'm very honest, but I'm not arrogant. Um, and yeah, so I was very wary of that and I think perhaps too much instead I stopped myself to allow myself to be proud and but obviously at 17 to 34 is a huge growing spurt of life and everything involved. Yeah, for sure. To reflect differently now to what I did, say, 10 years ago. Um, so you moved to London when you were 13 to do, to do musical theatre? Yes, I went to Italia Conti in uh, central London. Intense. Yeah. It, uh, no, it was some of the best days in my life. Do you want to go to London and sing and dance instead of do all this school and where you're getting bullied all the time? And yeah, okay, let's go. Um, what was the audition process then? Going into uh, Any Dream Will Do, like how did that all come about for you? It was at the King's Hotel, I believe, in... Uh, uh, no, I think I saw it advertised on the television. And then I just went for it. Like, at the time, I was a bit bored of college. I'd been there for five years at this point from the school, then transitioned into the college part. And I was like, no, I want to be out there now, you know? I was hungry. So I was always going to boy band auditions and things like that. So I was always looking out for auditions. And I believe I saw it advertised on the television. I went along took my nana <laughs> i love that you took your nana that's very sweet well my, my nan was the the person who started me off dancing when i was four she's the one who took me to the theater you know i mean everybody has their stories about their nana or the grand or whatever on the television now don't they but i was one of the originals your nana was one of the originals really my, yeah my nan actually yeah that's very true my nan was one of the originals she became a little bit of a celebrity in her own right from the, the television show which was super cute. Love. The original ally, Nana. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Did you audition for any boy bands that became famous? No. Oh. Thankfully not. Um, the boy band I did was called Vigo, and they did nothing, so that's good. So I have to talk about the TV show. At the time, did, what were your feelings about the way that it was being put together? Like, how were you feeling about having a jacket with no shirt on and a, a lord as he was on a, a throne like did it feel theatrical and camp well of course it felt theatrical and camp i mean we're doing theater it is theatrical and camp um i don't believe that we were analyzing the fact that android rebel was sitting on a throne and we were the you know peasants wearing our <laughs> jackets getting them stripped off and just wearing a vest you know I mean, that's just that just made good TV, you know. I don't think we overanalyzed it in any kind of way. It was more of like, okay, so what's the job in hand that we need to do to make sure we don't get this coat uh, ripped off, ripped off yeah. and to make sure that we get Andrew Lloyd Webber to be one of our fans, you know what I mean? It's his show at the end of the day. And he without was. him, we ain't going to get it. So He was a fan of yours. You were top three, right? Yeah, I came third. Made it to the finals. And then from the final three uh, that night, the winner was decided. 
Laymaid. Honestly, honestly, I, I definitely believe it was the right choice. Um, I, I kind of felt at the time that he was going to win anyway. Um, I just actually watched the duet that Lee and I did, Oh What a Circus, and he's 10 years older than I am. And and I thought I did pretty well to get as far as I did. You know, I didn't have the Scottish vote, which I know the Scottish people are very uh, patriotic when they have one of their own on the television show. Mm. So I think I did pretty well to come finish where I finished. And as you mentioned at the beginning, I got to play the part anyway. Yeah, yeah. Without winning the show and without the stress of or the pressure of that. So I won in my own little right, you know. All the top three did it, right, in the end. Is that true? No. Lee and I were the only ones to do the Uh, original West End production uh, at the Adelphi Theatre, which was what the whole television programme was about. Of course, you had the Bill Kenwright touring version, which was a much lower production value. And I think every of the contestants played Joseph in that show. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest with you. But <laughs> oh. um, I have to ask you about something. Do you remember that time when that, I think his name was, I want to say, his, I can't remember his name, maybe Seamus, but I might be wrong. And he got eliminated. Yes, it's Seamus. And he got eliminated and he went rogue. Whenever I've told anybody that I'm going to talk to a Joseph, that's the thing. They're like, oh my God, remember when that guy ended up singing I will have a show of my own a show of my own (laughs) what was that like in the moment I mean of course it was a bit shocking but at the same time I was so in my own brain thinking about okay that's one more gone out perfect who's next (laughs) you know that was my mindset I wasn't really bothered what Seamus was doing Um, a lovely guy may I add I'm sure uh, very nice guy, but I think that they, there was a little thing going on there that they tried. To, he kind of added fire to the fuel, I think, sometimes, uh, which portrayed him in an arrogant way or some kind of way that he actually mm. genuinely wasn't. He was a nice guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was obviously pissed that he got voted off. I love it. And he wanted a show of his own. He wants a show of his own, and look, we all do. So I'm with you, Seamus, babe. Like, I'm with you. <laughs> Um, Okay, shall we talk about Mamma Mia, I Have a Dream? So we're our week four. We have had uh, a Sophie week and a Sky week previously. And so this week we're going in, oh, what's going to happen? Is it Sophie? Is it Sky? Is it, what is it? What is it? Who knows? But we actually open with a group performance, as is now the tradition of the show. Take a chance on me. It's, uh, it's, It's big. It's a lot of shimmying. It's a lot of acting. I got a little bit confused with who's a contestant and who's a waiter at one point. Uh, they were my only notes. Any thoughts on Take a Chance on Me? Well, I'm sorry, but uh, and I no, nothing that I say I want anybody to be offended by or anything like that. You know, I already can't wait. <laughs> Everybody is grabbing this opportunity. But if you're going to put on a show that is meant to be for a live theatre, why have the contestants miming? No, correct me. Were they not miming? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't produce the show. Who knows? That's up for interpretation. <laughs> well, for me, they were miming. <gasps> so you've lost me straight away. Oh, my God. A scandal in the reality TV theatre world. <laughs> miming. <Okay. clears throat> but yeah, 
as you say, also the choreography for the actual camera angles and shots, it's messy. You don't know who is the contestant, no. as you just said, and who is the waiter bopping in the background, you know? I think what it's lacking, it doesn't have the Saturday night television, you know, the biggest Saturday night television showcase for performers, like what X Factor was, like what Any Dream Will Do was on the BBC. It just doesn't have that same feel. I'm sorry, it's really lacking. Do you think that's partly because it's pre-recorded, so it doesn't have that buzz of live? Well, yes, of course, that will play a part of it, but I think the format of it also, you know, it, it doesn't know really what it is. It's a Love Island meets, well, I don't know, celebrity karaoke, I think. <laughs> Not celebrity karaoke. <laughs> Such a read. <laughs> Um, Okay, so then we get told that this week is pairs week, or as they describe it, chemistry week. And our Sophies and our Skies are going to be paired up, which makes sense because ultimately they are casting two leads. We are also losing two people this week, which we find out. And then they're paired up seemingly at random. There's no particular reason to it. Their challenge was to to do the Lay All Your Love On Me, which is actually really Sky's biggest song in the show. That's kind of the only one where he has a solo moment. Um, so that does make sense. I will say that I liked the fact that you got to see like the workshopping of uh, the audition process, because that is what goes on in real life anyway. Um, so I did like that aspect of it. I do too. I like that you get to see it. And you got to see more of it this week than you have done previously. It was longer and you see a little bit more. Right. They're still producing a show. So they're only showing you the bits they want you to see and you start to as you do with any reality show, you can start to pick out the stories. Like when they show you someone struggling, you know you're either going to get a redemption storyline or they're going to go home. Like you start to pick up on that. But I still like seeing the behind the scenes. Um, Leah says something very interesting where she says that she's going to find it hard to have chemistry with a boy because she says she finds it hard to feel sexy as a plus size woman and she's gay. So she has never, she's also very young. She's 19, I think has never had a uh, any reason to have sort of sexual chemistry with a boy. Um, that's very interesting for her. I guess as an actor, she's going to have to learn that, right? But she's so young right now, she doesn't have it. See, I never really spoke about things like that when I did the TV show, because I didn't know who or what I was at that time when I was doing it. Um, if we were told to seduce Denise Van Out and like, with the words, the lyrics of Madonna, uh, crazy for you then that's what I had to do and I actually won that challenge actually <laughs> sorry um, about it <laughs> yeah so if I can convince Denise Van out and then uh, Leah better get her act together <laughs> <laughs> you're an actor darling do it all I want from my life now is to have a challenge where I have to seduce Denise Van out and via Madonna song like if I don't achieve that by the time I die I'm gonna be absolutely raging that sounds amazing <laughs> Ah, brilliant. I was so nervous, though, and I had such a dry mouth doing it. What was the criteria to win? Just just literally that she picked you because you were the best one? It was, uh, I don't mean, uh, Joseph doesn't have a love story, but um, we had to seduce, we went to this hotel, and we were in uh, some kind of seating area, and we went in one at a time and had to act out the lyrics to Madonna's crazy for you and Denise Van Outen chose that was our mission 
and Denise went out and chose who seduced her the best. And it was me. Although she didn't marry me, she married Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I can't have been that good. Wow. Well, he played the long game, obviously. Um, and then we go straight into the performances. So they're doing a duo. They're doing a duet. Uh, if you were to be singing a duet with somebody, what would you sing? What's your favourite duet song? Oh, well, only because they did it. I would have done the Shallow song. I thought they did a really good job of that. I do Brandy and Monica, but The Boy Is Mine. That's the ultimate duet song. Okay, okay, okay. Or maybe that one that Whitney and Mariah did for The Prince of Egypt. You know? When You Believe, yeah, I would do that one. Which one, though, Mariah or Whitney? I think I've got more of the the, the Whitney range. I think that's more my range. Perfect. I can, t- I can take Mariah. Oh, great. No well, let's get it recorded. We'll do a charity single or something. <laughs> great. Done. Perfect. Okay, first performance, Esme and Marcellus, they do Power of Love. I was immediately let down because when we were told Power of Love, I assumed Celine Dion. It was not Celine Dion. No <laughs> Right? That's such a... I was like, oh, we're getting a Celine moment. No, we did not get a Celine moment. Um, they highlight her nerves and their lack of chemistry, which again feels like storyline. Either they're going to do really well or they're not. What did you think? Um. Oh, you're my favourite. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, I I do feel a little bit like out of everybody, it's a bit like politics, isn't it? What out of everybody in the world or everybody in the country, that's the best that you came up with. But they get given songs, and I think the power of love is a great song. I sing it currently uh, on my job, and the crowd love it. Just needs some grit behind it. Hey, what do I know? It's just my opinion, isn't it? You know it, more than me. I can't even... I don't know anything about performing. <laughs> I'm just here chatting shit about people week after week. No, I thought it was good. I think it was fine. I um, The thing about this show, and it's kind of true of a lot of reality competition singing shows, is that British public generally love a ballad. So whoever's given the ballads each week tend to have the better reaction from the judges and i do think there is a level of tv production in that yeah well it, with a ballad it's usually more moving isn't it that's what it, that's what makes for good television but uh, the power of love could have been just as powerful you know i think i still think the Celine one was the way to go or actually frankie goes to hollywood that christmas song would have also been great the judges think their chemistry is a lot better she thinks esme's a bit worried generally the feedback is actually fine but this show never gives any negative critiques. So her saying, you looked a bit worried, is very bad news for her. What were the judges like on your show? Were they were we in that era of TV where they were still willing to just say whatever they thought? Or was it kind of? Um, well, they were all very supportive. But um, each judge wanted our song to be sang or portrayed in a different way. So throughout the week of rehearsals, um, we'd probably get a little bit of feedback from, not always, but it'd be like John Barrowman wanted it sang and portrayed like this. Denise Van Outen wanted it done like that. Bill Kenwright wanted it done like that. And we'd been working on it a certain way with Zoe. And then, so it'd be like, well, I'll do it this way to please you. But then all the others were annoyed or, or would say that it wasn't your best or give you some kind of negative critique. So that was very difficult until in the end, I was just kind of like, do you know what? I'm going to do it the way I feel and forget about what you're saying. And I think that's actually when I felt most confident. But that yeah. was a little bit too late, although it was in the final. So thank God I found it there the last week. 
once again mentioning that you were in the final because he was in the final ladies and gentlemen well uh, <laughs> hey it's been 17 years <laughs> since i've spoke about this so um... <laughs> let these bitches know <laughs> yeah um okay next up we have craig and Maisie. they do the other one that i want what did you think oh i mean that was just car crash i'm sorry it was just a real cheap performance of Greece and Greece is cheesy and tacky on its own. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't, wasn't sure what they were doing with that. Were they going to do it Greece properly or are they just, I don't know. It was it a little school play production. I, don't, I, I was confused. I thought, um, She's proven to us in previous weeks that she's got an amazing voice, but she has no acting experience. And in this performance, suddenly you see that. Like, she's not acting like Sandy. She just, she's just a great singer of ballads and things, but like, she didn't give Sandy. And his big electric moment, electrifying moment was just a bit off. I don't know. Just the whole thing was a bit, I think it's hard to do Greece. If, if, if doing Greece on stage or whatever, great. Doing Greece out of context because it's done so much. It's played at every school disco. It's done at karaoke a lot. I think it's very hard yeah, to elevate it. Yeah, but they it. were dressed up as Sandy and Danny, so that's not out of context. And they had the T-Birds and the uh, pink ladies behind them. It was already there for them to go. That is true. It just felt a bit. I don't know. It didn't feel. It didn't feel polished like I would expect from two people trying to get a part on the Western stage. It felt a bit, a bit amdram, maybe. Is that unkind? Yes, that's a no. That, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Again, no offense to anybody personally, for goodness' no. sake. Absolutely not. Um, the judges felt like they didn't go far enough uh, and were just generally underwhelmed. And again, for this show, that's really bad. I mean, the, the critique was still fairly positive, but that's pretty bad for this show. Well, underwhelmed, I think, is a very good uh, description of it. Next up, we had Desmonda and Toby. They did Love is an Open Door from Frozen. He's really good. He's very good, isn't he? Yeah, he's good. I I don't really know this song that well. I'm not really a Disney... Well, I don't mind Disney. Oh, I know the song. It's cute. And they, they did a nice job. But the choreography, uh, again... What is going on with that? It felt like um. <laughs> That's not their fault. No, it's not their fault, and because the because it's chemistry week, everyone else is being briefed to like, do you have sort of sexual chemistry? Is there like a sizzle between you? And their choreography felt very childish, like like a like not like the most. I know Frozen is a, they are children in Frozen, but uh, it didn't feel as grown up as everybody yeah, but else. But Frozen did. doesn't even do that. You know what I mean? It was like. The choreography just I felt like let them down. It was a bit naff. I it was agree. literally like love is an open door, so they would do love, and then they would open a door. It's like no, come on, like a kids' show, like a like when you entertain children, yes. like that. Yes. Um, but I thought they sounded. But great. no, their their performances and sounded they they were good. They were good. It I was, think she's uh, probably the best singer in this competition from the girls. Right. Okay. I think at this point she's proven it. And I thought Toby this week sounded amazing. So I was like, okay, right. this is a great performance. Good for them. Then we had Sakil and Leah who did all for you. This was, I think it sounded very, I think their voices were very nice. Her voice felt very strong. I don't know this song very well, except that it was, it was trending on TikTok a while ago. Um, they felt very separate. For chemistry week, I know that was the narrative they were telling. They're at separate tables and stuff, but there was a lot of like backs to each other, um, 
there wasn't a lot of performing well, together. Again, again, that's the choreography, and if the that let them down. But I do have to say, and as you mentioned earlier, that uh, Leah is it, mm-hmm. um, that she was worried about having uh, a chemistry with a guy i thought she portrayed it perfectly well you know when they came to the center and met for that very brief moment i thought that she uh held her absolute own and and the chemistry was nice between the two i did too i thought it was very nice but again the choreography let them down well you were looking for chemistry week but you were going to be on that side of the stage and you were going to be on that side of the stage I sort of thought they'd come together quicker. Like they were separate and I got what they were doing, but I thought they would come together, but they were separate for so long that the chemistry, it's hard to measure their chemistry versus other people's in quite the same way. I felt that that maybe that was a bit unfair, but the judges loved it. They love it. Um, They loved it. They loved her voice. They said his voice feels a bit weaker, which... I, I could see that maybe, but I think he sounded great. Well, maybe it was just the song choice, you know, and yeah. that that, that stands, counts for a lot. I still thought I, I really enjoyed them. I I am, I mean, at this point, I'm like a dead horse because I love Leah so much. <laughs> All I, I just want Leah to do Sophie. I think she'd be such a cool, interesting choice for that role, and I think that would be great. Next up, we had Callum and Stephanie, and they did rewrite the stars from The Greatest Showman. Now this, as I was saying earlier about the British public loving a ballad, this is the sort of song that on a reality competition show, this is the sort of song British people like. It's, that, it's on Magic FM all the done time. Done well. It's big. When it's done well. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was uh, not good. She sounded nice and the judges commented saying that it was good, her vocals, but the staging, the camera angles, it was all over the place. And he was pretty weak. He was really out with that. With I mean, his the performance. First, the first thing anybody says when he starts singing, it cuts to Jesse Ware saying, oh, he's out of tune. And it sort yes. of sets the stage for the whole performance where he just doesn't quite... So then, it. yeah, 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 exactly. And then the judges bring up something they've mentioned before, which is that he's not... He he is, confesses to himself he doesn't love musical theatre. It's not his background. Um, and they've brought this up two weeks in a row and they criticise him for not being a massive musical theatre fan. So... The question is, do you think to be a West End lead or work in the theatre in any format, do you think you have to be passionate about musical theatre? Um, hey, I have worked in musical theatre for many years. Doesn't mean to say that I go home and listen to musical theatre on my Spotify. You know, it's a job and you are allowed your personal life to be something different. Other than that, I think it's a very healthy situation and relationship with it. I agree. So I think it's totally irrelevant. Obviously, you have to have a certain amount of interest to do your homework, to do your knowledge of the craft, of the skill. So there has to be a certain amount of interest, but it doesn't mean to say you have to eat, sleep and breathe it. I agree. And I also think um, that theatre, lots of people do theatre. Lots of people go into theatre shows having done a lot of TV beforehand or pop stars do it sometimes or whatever. And that seems to be allowed. So the fact that he doesn't have a background in musical theatre, I don't know. He's if, if it, I mean, he didn't give a great performance, but had he given a great performance and you felt like he would be a good sky why does it matter if he really wants to listen to lame is when he gets home like this criticism feels a bit unfair to me anyway 
Well, by the sounds of it, they're just trying to make a point of something that's totally irrelevant because maybe there's nothing else going on, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then our final performance, Stevie and Owen do Shallow. Um, another very popular song with the British public. That It feels like if you get this right, people love it. There's like a bunch of these big ballads. Um, they, what did you think? Well, for me, they are Sky and Sophie. For me, I, I I just felt like her performance was polished as well, and and it's a quite, it's a big acting role, Sophie. Um, so I would like to see her, Stevie. Yeah. Yes, Stevie is uh, Sophie for me. Interesting, Stevie and Owen. I can see that. I think they're um they sounded amazing. They sort of clung to each other a bit too much for me. It felt like a bit like Rose and Jack on the Titanic. Like, all right, let each other go a bit. Um, but I like that performance. Yeah, but again, that's not their fault if they're being told to do that. I mean, the, the staging again, terrible. <laughs> they got when she's singing, you face forward and knees face the back, and then when you when the other one sings, turn around and do that. I don't know. It just was a bit naff again. The staging choreography. Um, hopefully I'll never have to work with that. Person. I was going to say, I feel like this choreographer is going to hate you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those two, those two uh, had the best performance, definitely. I, I believed what they were saying, and that's so important. This is obviously when you were mentioning about making ABBA cheesy or whatever, to the, uh, I guess the difference of too much cheese and telling the story, that's the difference. And I felt like that's what she did and has the ability to do that with an ABBA song to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really good. The judges love it. They eat it up. Uh, Samantha Bach says she had this song at her wedding, which is very camp, and I support that. Um, yes, very good. Very good, everyone. And that's it. Turns out we're getting a bottom two. We've never had that before. Normally, it's just someone goes home. They decide. It starts to piss it down with rain, which is kind of funny. And then the bottom two are Zakiel and Callum. Maisie and Esme. I wrote immediately wrote down before they announced this, that's going to be the bottom four. From the critiques, from the performances, they felt like the weakest ones. Yes. Um, did you agree? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And then Maisie and Callum go home. And again, I was like, yeah, that feels... Well, it, it could have been any, any, any pairing out of those, so... I don't yeah. wouldn't say that anyone was particularly weaker than the other. They were all pretty uh, same standard, I think. I do wish that we'd had some sort of sing-off or something just to... Yeah, definitely. Well, because... that gives... As a viewer, that's what you want. That's what you want to see these people because then they might have really excelled in the sing-off. You know, you, people react in certain ways under pressure. So that would have made great TV. So I don't know why they don't do that. I know. And also it's just, you get that one performance, it's a duet. Like maybe it wasn't the right song for them. Maybe it wasn't, as you said, the staging or whatever. Like you can't, I'd love to have just a more stripped down thing where they get to make all their own choices and see what's the raw material underneath all of that and who's right. got the fight. I felt like exactly. that would give us a bit more. Um, but we don't get it and they go home and it fades to black and that's the end of Mamma Mia, I Have a Dream episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, before I go, where can people find you? Where can they follow you, etc.? Um, on Instagram, I'm Lewis Scott Bradley, I believe. I think that's what it is. But other than that, don't follow me anywhere else. Leave me alone. I don't want to be followed. 
<laughs> Fine. <laughs> don't be. Don't nobody follow Lewis. That's no. not going with you. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining me, Lewis. If anyone wants to follow me, I am the boldest bitch on TikTok. Otherwise, I will see everybody next week for episode five. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.